Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We're in a series, Managing for the Master. It's very practical as followers of Jesus, managing for the Master until He comes. Our topic today, Offerings for Jesus. We could call it the joy of offerings for Jesus, and we'll be blessed as we study together. So again, welcome to Hope Sabbath School, and welcome to the team. Great series of studies, and we're glad that we can be part of it today. We're glad for those of us here in the studio. We've also got some team members with us. Let's see who's with us today remotely. Sabina, good to see you. Always good, good to have you on the team. Travis, good to see you. Glad you're here. And Puya, good to see you. We're glad you're here to study with us today. And friends, we're glad you're here too, mm -hmm. as part of our family. 200 countries around the world. You say, Derek, how do you know that? Well, we know how many countries our app is used in. You can download the Hope Channel app on your smartphone, and you can choose the language of general programming, but Hope Sabbath School is in English. So we, we hope God gives you the gift of understanding as we study together. And I just want to thank you for writing to us wherever you are around the world. It's exciting to hear so many countries, right? Yeah. People's lives being blessed. Edith is a Kenyan in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. How'd that happen? <laughs> We're an international team, aren't we? Mm -hmm. And she writes and says, Hi, Hope Sabbath School team. She got the wave. I'm a Kenyan living in New Zealand. I want to say thank you for allowing God to use you to speak through to so many lives through your in-depth Bible study. May these words spoken by Moses be an encouragement to you all. And she quotes from Deuteronomy 3327, the eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are his everlasting arms. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, and God bless you. Well, God bless you too, Edith. Thanks for writing to us from New Zealand. We're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Molly, thanks for writing from Namibia. She says, may the good Lord continue blessing you as you bless us with an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. I am a Sabbath school teacher in my local church, and I use the outline. Well, I've got one right here that we'll be using today. I use the outline when facilitating the Bible study for my youth class. Amen? Amen. Amen. Lastly, I would like to share my favorite scripture. <laughs> we didn't ask them to do that, but we love the word of God. Jeremiah 32, 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Amen. Thank you so much for writing to us, Molly from Namibia. Namibia is what used to be German West Africa. It's there in South Africa on the west side of the continent. Here's a note from a donor couple in Florida in the United States. Dear Hope Sabbath School family, we love every one of you. <laughs> My husband and I watch Hope Sabbath School every Sabbath, sometimes twice. <laughs> it's a real blessing as we are in our 90s with some health issues, but God is good all the time. Amen. We thank you and pray that you will be able to continue your good work and a donation of $300 to bless the Ministry of Hope Channel. Thank you, donor couple in Florida. We appreciate your generous support, your partnership in this donor-supported ministry. God bless you. And thanks to each one of you for being part of this global ministry. You can go to hopetv.org slash hopess, 
click on the donate button. Maybe you already are, and if you are, thank you for being a partner with us. One last note from Jennifer in the United States of America. She says, I have your app. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's on your smartphone. Yeah. I have your app, and I tune in every morning as I'm getting ready for work. Yeah. Hope Sabbath School is wonderful. I love how you focus on the love and mercy of God in all your lessons. Mm -hmm. I thank God for your faithfulness to His Word. God bless you. Well, we say God bless you too, yeah. Jennifer. Yeah. Thanks for writing to us. And uh, before we sing our song, I have a gift for you. You say, Derek, I've already downloaded, I've already connected to that Steps Toward Faithful Stewardship. What an amazing interactive study. And it's yours absolutely free. I'm, I'm halfway through it. I'm still working through it. And I'm really learning a lot. You can just go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Click on the free gift tab in the middle of the screen, and you'll find out how you can sign up for an amazing interactive course, Steps Toward Faithful Stewardship. We're praying you'll be blessed. And by the way, you can share that link with anyone, and uh, you can bless their lives too. Mm -hmm. But right now, we need you to sing with us. It's a theme song. Well, the words were written 3,000 years ago, but God gave my wife a little tune to help us memorize it. It's Sing to the Lord, a new song. Let's sing it together.
Let's pray together as we begin our study, Offerings for Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you that you're a generous Father. You have blessed us with abundant blessings. We thank you for the privilege and responsibility of managing for the Master until you return in glory, Jesus. And I pray as we study today that you would bless each Hope Sabbath School member around the world and show us, Lord, how we can experience the joy mm. of sharing the blessings you have given us with others. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, I love the title of today's study, Offerings for Jesus. And I want to ask, there could be many motivations that people have for giving. Uh, some of them might say, well, I'll give to you if you give to me, yeah. or I'll give to you hoping that you'll do a favor for me. Yeah. But when we're giving an offering for Jesus, what's the motivation that, uh, that God desires us to have? Well, let's start, Lalika, in John 3, 16. I realize that many people have memorized this verse, but someone may be hearing it today for the very first time. So could you read it with enthusiasm? Mm. And this is the word of Jesus in John 3:16. That's correct. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God so loved that he gave. So would it be a, a good guideline for us that we so love that we, that we give? So do a scan now, if you would, of the Bible. Stories that you know in the Bible where you say, well, that's a great example of someone who gave, not out of obligation or trying to earn God's favor, but, uh, but out of love. Alex, can you think of a story of someone just motivated by love they gave? Well, since we're in the Gospels of John, it actually reminds me in, in chapter 19, whenever it comes to Joseph and Nicodemus. Okay. And it shows that as soon as Jesus was, of course, crucified, that there was a tomb available, which they gave out of love for Christ. And, they, yeah. and you can see even Nicodemus bringing yeah. like myrrh and, and exactly. just... Expensive preparing, ointments. Exactly, just preparing for, for the burial of our Lord. That's a beautiful example. Thank you, Alex, for pointing that. And by the way, that gift was not without a cost. Whoa. They were going to be rejected, not just financially, right? Yeah. They were going to be rejected by the religious establishment. And I'm always amazed at, at Nicodemus and Joseph because even the disciples are hiding but they're not hiding. Right. They're bringing an offering for Jesus. Great example. Someone else, an example of uh, giving motivated by love. Samantha. Uh, well, the story of Jacob mm. and Joseph. Uh, he, Jacob loved Joseph so much that he gave him that coat of many mm -hmm. colors. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, we saw, we, we all know the story. And yeah, he favored 
Joseph over, you know, his other children, so to speak. And so, and, and it was, it was an act of love for, for mm -hmm. him that he mm -hmm. gave him because that was a beautiful coat, I can imagine. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's the story that came Thank out you to for me. pointing that out. The only thing I would do to improve the story would be to give a coat of many colors to, to all, all of his sons, sons. right? Because <laughs> yes. you know as a parent that it's tough on the other children if they yes. feel so. So it'd be great. The idea would be if, if he showed love to all of them, but I have no doubt that he wasn't giving it uh, out of any other motive except out of love. Someone else, uh, Jason. Yeah, speaking about expensive ointments, I thought about Mary Magdalene. Mm -hmm. I opened up the alabaster box, you know, anointing yeah. our Savior before his burial. That was truly out of love for what he had done for her, and he, she was actually expressing that in that act. And that was not without cost either, was it? Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, not only the cost of buying the perfume, what other cost did she incur when she came and anointed the feet of Jesus? Uh, criticism? Criticism from people. Wow, this yeah. could have been sold and given to the poor. Oh, right. By the way, the person who said that yeah. was planning to steal it from the exactly. purse, right? We know what his name was. But mm. that was another great example. Any of our remote participants, Sabina, uh, an example of uh, giving that was motivated by love. I'm also thinking of uh, Dorcas. She was an early disciple of Jesus, and the Bible says that she was giving to the poor. She would uh, be sewing clothes, and uh, even when she dies, and I think that's recorded in Acts 9, uh, the community was mourning her absence. So it was not only the people in the church, but people the poor in that community. And that's a great example, Sabina. You're overseeing a ministry in your area, right? Uh, acts of kindness, really caring for people in your community, um, motivated by love. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, by the way, how did God honor those offerings for Jesus that Dorcas gave? Resurrecting her. She was raised from the dead by the <laughs> Apostle Peter. Uh, not because she wasn't ready to die, she was sleeping in Jesus, but because there was a great need and she was reflecting the love of Jesus to the uh, population. Anybody else? Another one. The Bible is full of great stories. Uh, giving motivated by love, Laurel? Yeah, so I think about the story in the Bible where um, there's this old like widow. I don't know if she's old, but there's a widow. Okay. And she only had two coins and she gave those two coins and that was everything that she had. And then in contrast, there were those around who who were pridefully giving a lot, but it really wasn't with the same motivation out of love. We'll come back to that story a little later, but I, I'm sure that those who dropped their money from a great height <laughs> so it could get lots of visibility on the way down versus this widow, and you're right, we don't know how old she was, but she gave everything, right? So that's another great example. Samantha? I just wanted to share something else about Abraham and his mm. obedience and his love for God. Mm. You know, when God told him to sacrifice his son, yes, um, he could have he disobeyed, but because of his love and mm -hmm. his relationship with God, he, mm. he said, he, to his servant, wait here and we will come back. <laughs> and even the son, he was, because of love and obedience, mm -hmm. you know, it, was a, it must have been a daunting thing for him. Mm. But I, I see that as love wrapped up, love for God wrapped up in that story. Right Beautiful. I, I remember someone sharing with me, it was not only Abraham who loved God, it was Isaac who loved God too, yes. because he could easily have overpowered his, uh, father. his aged father, right? Yes. Well, let's look at a, um, 
an attitude in giving that truly honors God. Uh, Zandili, if you could read from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And this would be true whether we're talking about the widow or we're talking about Dorcas or we're talking about Mary Magdalene or Nicodemus. This principle would apply in every situation. Yes. How does that read in your copy of the scriptures, Zandili? Uh, I'll be reading from the New, Cam New King James Version, and it says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So what's the attitude? Well, there's some negative and some positive descriptions in there. What's the negative? Mm -hmm. not, not giving grudgingly. Not mm -hmm. grudgingly. Uh, give me some other words for that. Laurel, you... you, you know the language well, don't you? Not grudgingly. Could you put that in other words? Um, just giving because there's like some sort of obligation, like you have to do it, not okay. necessarily because you want to. The word that came to my mind was reluctantly. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, uh, that kind of attitude, uh, not grudgingly, but what? Cheerfully. 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 Why does, I thought God loved everyone, Alex. Why, why, why does it say God loves a cheerful giver? Well, because it shows, especially when you're cheerfully giving to the Lord, it shows that, well, one, that you trust Him, and that, two, that you acknowledge, of course, all of it comes from the Lord, as opposed to the one that, who gives grudgingly, doesn't necessarily see those things as from the Lord. It's like, oh, these are mine. Right. I can't let go of them. But the one who gives cheerfully acknowledges that all of this comes from the Lord. And you're right. I think there's something more, though. I'm going to challenge you a little more, Stephanie, because the reason God wants us to even to return a faithful tithe is not just because He needs our money, mm -hmm. but He wants to bless us. Amen. So why would He love a cheerful giver? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think He wants to bless us, but I think He wants our heart more important. Okay. He wants us to have fallen in love with Him and know who He truly is and therefore give as a result of that. All right, Lelika? I would say if you really understand the importance, how crucial it is for someone to learn how to give for their overall uh, being, well-being, you will invest or keep on asking, teaching that person to know how to give. Uh, you would see a lot of parents, they would uh, instruct and teach their kids from young ages how to give, how to minister to others, because that brings you a lot of satisfaction and f fulfillment. And I believe that God brings this system of tithing and offering to teach us, invest, push us to learn how to give, because in doing that, we're going to be fulfilled. I think God loves cheerful givers because He wants us to be cheerful. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're experiencing the blessing of giving. Uh, Puya, yeah. want to add something to that. God loves a cheerful giver. Yes, I believe God loves a cheerful giver because giving back to God is more than just financial transaction. Mm. It's a spiritual experience yeah. of worshiping God. So God wouldn't want us to worship Him reluctantly, mm. right? God wants us yeah. to worship Him with cheerful hearts. In the same way, if giving is a part of worship experience, then it makes sense that God would want us to give cheerfully as a part of the whole worship experience. 
You're right, and that's taking us a little farther in our study today because giving and worship are intricately linked together, aren't they? But remember, tithe, that's holy to the Lord. That's one-tenth of our increase. But the offerings, that's, that's up to us, right? And we're going to talk about how we determine how much to give. So back to that text, Jason, if you could go back to 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7. Is there any clue there about how much we should give? The New King James Version says, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So what clue do we find there about how much we should give? Jason? I think the key phrase is, he purposed in his heart. And okay. God gives us that, that range because in all essence, you know, he wants us to reflect his character. And so once we spend time with them, we'll get to that notion and what to give. So we have freedom yes. to be able to choose, Samantha? And I would say I take from this text, verse, verse 6, mm -hmm. that he who, um, if you mm -hmm. reap so sparingly, you will reap sparingly, but if you sow bountifully, mm -hmm. then you will reap mm -hmm. bountifully. Yeah. And that's how I feel that God wants us to give. Mm -hmm. There is not a particular amount, mm -hmm. but just give bountifully. All right, somebody look up Deuteronomy. Puya, maybe you could read that for us. And then I think you have a comment too. Deuteronomy 16 and verse 17. Uh, and I noticed you had your hand raised as well. Uh, maybe you can comment after reading that verse for us. Sure, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Deuteronomy 16, verse 17. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. All right. So you want to respond to that, Puya? Yes. Along this uh, verse, um, another verse that came to my mind is uh, where Jesus said, to whom much is given, much is required. Mm. So as we're thinking through how much to give, I believe it's uh, practical to apply that text from Jesus to say, depending on how much you have been blessed, return as much as you have been blessed. Okay, so uh, some of you here have families, you care for more than just yourself. Uh, what are some factors that would impact the amount you're able to give? Well, <laughs> I think one thing would be the amount you earn, right? But Jason, yes. what would some other factors be? Well, if you're a parent and you have children, you may need to spend more money to take care of them, their food, their education. So that could be one factor. All right. Anybody else? It could relate to family issues, too. I remember when I had two, two uh, sons in uh, private uh, Christian high school and yeah. Christian university, yeah. I would say we had less discretionary income <laughs> at that moment yeah. uh, than we had before we had children or after our children were grown. Are there seasons in life when you might be able to uh, give a greater percentage of offerings just because you have more, more income? Mm -hmm. 
Yes, so. What else could could influence things besides uh, children? Yes, Alex. Well, for me, well, since not the children's part, but rather mm -hmm. from school, because while I'm in school, it's it's really difficult for me to actually work how I'm, I usually work. But during the summer, that's when I actually you know do work, and and then I'm able to give a lot more. So that does play. A role in it. Can well. anybody uh, identify with being a poor student <laughs> at some point in your life, right? <laughs> um, yes. Well, but but we can be rich in other ways, right? Mm -hmm. we, we, we may not have a lot of money to give away, but we can give uh, as the Lord has blessed us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a, t a text that we read in a previous part of this series uh, about uh, the psalmist in Psalm 116. How do I express my thanks to him and uh, I'm looking I think Samantha you may have it there in Psalm 116 Psalms, and verse 12 yes mm. I have it Psalms 116 verse 12 and I'm reading from the New King James Version and it says what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me so if we learn something from offerings to Jesus we would say I'm going to certainly return a faithful tithe. I'm going to give my offerings mm -hmm. in abundance. Generously. Generously and cheerfully, cheerfully right? Mm -hmm. As I am able, as the Lord has blessed me. But uh, there are other things besides money that I can give him, right? Mm -hmm. What can I give him while I'm returning uh, a faithful tithe and, and uh, generous, cheerful offerings? Thanks, Tithe. I mean, I'm sorry, talent is what I was going to say. Okay, so maybe I'd say, um, oh, who told the story of Dorcas? Who was it that shared the story of Dorcas with us um, in the study? I think it was Someone, Sabrina. I think it was Sabina, was it? it? About, yes. yeah, so that, that's a great example. She, for all that we know, she didn't have a lot of money, wow. right? She may not ha have had uh, a lot of extra resources to share, mm -hmm. but she had a... A talent. Mm -hmm. She was a seamstress, and so she's making clothes for people who needed them. So there, there's lots of different ways that we can give an offering. Well, sometimes God may impress us to give a big offering. We'll talk about that, Sabina, after your comment. Let's talk to us about uh, giving offerings. Yes, and just going along what Stephanie was sharing, I'm also considering even, you know, in the work that I do, sometimes we do receive offerings of people. But we lack volunteers to assist in the distribution of the talents that we have. So there is that also nowadays, you know, that's what they say, time is money. Mm. And I think that when we come to Christ, our priorities and our pyramid of values need to, to have some reshuffling <laughs> that we will be able to find time in our schedule to serve other people, not only with the money that we receive from our salary, but also hopefully with the talents and the time that God has given us mm. so that we can be personal also to others and share the gospel and love. Beautiful. It may be easier to just uh, give a little money when actually God wants our time and talents. Maybe he wants uh, us to give offerings too. Jason? Yeah, I was going to say, because there are certain people I know who are wealthy in the church and uh, they used to just be like, oh, well, I'll just give all the funds and that takes care of everything and then I don't have to work. But then uh, they got convicted that they should actually be involved in the work themselves using their own time, their own life to actually help the work of the church and not just, you know, throw money. I remember someone who came to me one time and said, I'd like to help in the mission of the church. 
Uh, this was not tithe, by the way. This was just a free will offering. And I said, well, praise God. And she handed me a check for $100,000. And yeah. I thought I need to check her mental stability because <laughs> that's a big gift, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, she said, we've, we've got our finances are in order. We own a home, uh, but we just wanted to make a difference. Yeah. But do you know what happened, Jason? We had meetings following that. This person was involved in training Bible workers, in, in actively involved in the meetings of the church. In, in other words, doesn't Jesus say somewhere, where your treasure is, there your, your heart, heart, will, be. There your heart will be also. Yeah. So, um, yeah, to give without giving our hearts, right. that's, yeah. that's not what God wants. But let's talk about a major gift, if we can. Uh, there's a story, and it's one of many. Uh, Alex, certainly that gift of, the, uh, of that tomb of a rich person, that excavated tomb out of the rock, that was not a small gift either. But I'm thinking of Acts chapter 4, and I'm going to see maybe if Travis would read for us Acts 4, verses 34 to 37. This, this individual is one of my heroes in the Bible. And the reason is, he's such an encouraging person, they just call him Mr. Encourager. That's what Barnabas means, son of encouragement. His name was actually Joseph. But uh, he models for us that there may be a time in our lives when God may impress us to go way beyond what we had originally thought in terms of an offering for Jesus. Travis, could you read Acts 4, 34 to 37 for us? Now I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who is also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. I don't know how much land he had, but it sounds like that was a major gift, right? Mm -hmm. he, he decided to give uh, out of his abundance. Yes. Mm -hmm. You might, in your regular monthly giving, I met someone just a week ago. She said, I give, return my tithe, and then I set aside a second 10%, and I give it to various offerings. I said, praise the Lord. That's generous, wouldn't you say? Yes. But there may be a time that someone's impressed, like Joseph from Cyprus, to give more than your entire monthly income. It may be more than your entire annual income. Mm -hmm. when God says, here's something uh, that, that I want you to do. Um, I don't know if you ever gave away an annual income, though, by the way, that ointment that Mary, that, that was about an annual income right there, right? 300 days wages, wasn't it? Or 200? You know, that's, that's, a, that's a great investment right there. Uh, what, would, what would motivate a person to give, could we call that a, sacrificial gift, Stephanie? What might motivate someone to, to make that extraordinary gift to Jesus? Uh, again, we're hoping out of love and with a cheerful heart. What would motivate someone to do that? That's, that's out of the ordinary. I think it's only because they love Jesus mm -hmm. to do that. You, I mean, I guess you could do it for tax purposes if you really <laughs> wanted to. I don't, you know. Um, but 
to do that, you would really have to love God and really desire to do something for his cause. Okay. Well, let's assume that we all love Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, so that would be foundational, but what else would, what else would be involved that would cause a person, Puya, I see your hand raised. What, what would cause a person to step way beyond the normal and, and to give a, a sacrificial gift of an offering for Jesus? I believe an extraordinary level of um, being overwhelmed by the love of God mm. would motivate someone to give extraordinarily. Okay. Uh, Travis, I know you, you've been involved in mission work. You've seen people go out of the ordinary, right? Uh, putting roofs on churches in Malawi, starting an orphanage. Uh, what's your observation? Uh, what motivates people to, to make that sacrificial gift? They're returning a faithful tithe and offerings. They're giving their regular offerings maybe to the local church and to various uh, mission projects. But then God touches them to do something extraordinary. So I'll just share a real quick a testimony. Um, we needed a boat motor for a, a, a mission that we have in the in Guyana, South America for a river ministry. And it was $10,000. And so we put the word out, and one of the people in the mission field said, well, we have to get this thing going. So in faith, put out $2,500, and the next day, 10000 showed up on our website for the boat motor. So there can only be one answer, and that's the Spirit of the Lord. <laughs> the Spirit of God moved with someone, and, and uh, they, they felt the calling, and they gave the $10,000, and then we were all rejoicing because we knew that the Spirit of the Lord was uh, working uh, in our midst with the work we're doing. And by the way, um, we're not talking about that going to someone's salary. We're talking about that enabling the gospel to go. So love for Jesus, a significant cause, and then the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Jason? And I'm thinking the time when Barnabas gave this, this is uh, only a couple chapters after Pentecost, so the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit is working, and that's, that's a key thing, too. When the Holy Spirit works, you see things like this happen. Miracles. Yes. Sabina, you see that in your ministry there in British Columbia. Um, people, and you talked about it not just being offering, but, but time, a sacrificial time, uh, what do you think? What motivates a person to go far above and beyond what we might consider normal or something to be expected? Pastor Derek, I think there is two things that I observe. One of them, even people that are not Christians, they can, they can sometimes be very good and involved in the work. And I know that part of their motivation is the happiness and the joy that they receive in seeing, seeing others being happy as well. So this happens. But also, more so in our context of faith, I find that what motivates, you know, a Christian believer further is the proper understanding of the sacrifice of Jesus for themselves. Because mm. I perceive that in my relationship with God, when I understand <laughs> what it means that he gave his life for me and how he pours so much on me, it's just so overwhelming that there is nothing ever that I can do to match up his kindness, that it just kind of propels me to like, what else can I give, Lord? 
what can I give to you? Like how I'll do anything. So mm. I think it comes from faith also in that relationship with Jesus that, you know, it's nothing you can buy with money mm. or time. Earlier in our study, we talked about uh, the relationship between offerings and worship. You remember that? Mm -hmm. uh, I want to explore that in the next part of our study, Deuteronomy 16. Again, Moses, prophet of God, uh, had a lot of wise counsel, mm -hmm. and uh, he's talked about um, God's plan for our lives in many areas, but this is talking about offerings, Deuteronomy 16 and verse 16. And um, who has that would read it for us, Alex? Thank yes, you. I can read it. And I'm reading from the New King James. And it says, Three times a year all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Tabernacles. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. <laughs> <laughs> so again, it's not telling us how much, though we would agree, whatever your resources are that are available, uh, give generously and give cheerfully, mm -hmm. and, and God, God will bless you. What about uh, Psalm 96, verses 1 through 9? Stephanie, if you could read that, King David gives some correlation between worship and giving. Really, giving is an act of worship, isn't it? Amen. Mm -hmm. Psalm 96, verses 1 through 9. All right, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Mm -hmm. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness tremble before him all the earth. I know oh, I saw Jason kind of singing a little bit while we, because that's our scripture song, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it, it emphasizes, I think, as you heard this inspired scripture song, uh, that, that yes, there's monetary offerings. We also bring tithe three times a year mm -hmm. in that setting. But what are some other gifts that we bring besides the monetary gifts here in the text? Thanks. Yes, Thanks. Jason? Praise. Praise to Him, right? Yes. What else? Thanksgiving. 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 Our presence. Just showing up, mm -hmm. but showing up with a, no, uh, okay, I'm here, God. <laughs> you know, like grudgingly, like uh, we read earlier, right? No, like, well, I'm here because I have, what time does this end? No. Uh, you know, what, like Sabina said, what, what else can I do, right? <laughs> what else can I, Lord, what can I do to bring joy to your heart? for all the goodness that you've shown to me. There are so many things uh, that we can do. Well, in modern times, um, people are starting to give online. Have you heard of that? Uh, they yes. even have these apps that you can give on your phone. 
Mm -hmm. um, that seems a little impersonal, maybe. Can giving remotely, can giving on an app also be an act of worship? Mm -hmm. What's the answer? This is a trick question, of course. <laughs> What's the answer? Yes. 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 Jason? It depends on the mindset. It depends. Thank you. Okay. you mindset. So, if it's... If you're, if you're just going and I got to give this number and just click the button and <laughs> away it goes. But if you're, you're thinking and praying and say, Lord, uh, how much should I give as this offering? What is my tithe? And, and it's, it's the attitude, I think, that really matters more than the specific actions. The delivery system, maybe, right? Yes. Some people who travel a lot or maybe during times of restriction when it's not as easy to go to church. Right. Yes. yes. These are ways. But I like what you said. It may seem kind of funny, but dear Lord, just thank you for your blessings to me. Click. You know, <laughs> it's, it's still an act of worship if the heart is right with God. So I was going to say, it, you know, if, if, the, if the conviction is already there, then the fact that you're paying online, it should not take away from the effect that mm -hmm. that offering or yeah. tithe will have. Mm -hmm. I, I, I jotted down something and I said, given it reveals the condition of your heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's that's mm -hmm. a big deal. And that's yeah. why when mm -hmm. Mary Magdalene was using that ointment to wash mm -hmm. Jesus' feet, that you know there were mm -hmm. others saying, why would she spend all that money? We could have given it to somebody else. That wow. was just being envious. And, and it, 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 it revealed the condition of his heart mm. that moment. But then when we give of our best to the master, mm -hmm. we will get the very best back from, from him. Absolutely, we will. Yes. I want to look in the last section at something that Laurel, uh, I think you, you referred to this story in uh, Mark chapter 12, and maybe you could take us there, because I want us to not only think about offerings for Jesus, uh, being a blessing for us, but that God actually appreciates our offerings. Yeah. Does He need them? No. Well, well you no. say it depends <laughs> if He's chosen to partner with us. Mm -hmm. But but let's see how much uh, He appreciates these words of affirmation. We'll look at a couple of examples. Laurel, if you could read Mark twelve forty one to forty four for us. All right, and I'll read in the NIV. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw, threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. It's a word of affirmation from Jesus, right? For someone who, give, who gave generously. Now, um, there's another story. Samantha, I'd like you to read it because you quoted the story in... Mark chapter 14, where Mary comes, it's recorded in several gospel records, but Mark 14, verses 3 to 9. Uh, Mark the, 14. The, Mark 14. Verse it's it's a lot nine. more than the two copper coins that the widow dropped in, and yet, would you not agree it's the same heart? Yeah. 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 Yep. It's the same heart. She's giving with a thankful 
and cheerful heart. I will read from the New King James Version, Mark 14, verses 3 to 9. And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, Why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. Mm. It's interesting, in Mark's gospel, she's mm. just called a woman, but in John 12, she's t described as Mary of Bethany. Yes. So I, I, I wondered what, why uh, Mark doesn't tell us what her name was. And one Bible scholar said, well, uh, maybe she was still living at that time and he, didn't, he wanted to show respect. She didn't do this to bring attention to herself. When the uh, aged apostle John writes his gospel, he identifies that it was none other than, than Mary. Mary of Bethany. That's an interesting thought. But she certainly didn't give to bring attention to herself, did she? Right. She gave uh, as an act of worship. And, and the Lord appreciated her offering. One last story. Uh, Alex, if you could go to Acts chapter 10, verses 1 to 4. Right. This is a Roman centurion. Acts chapter 10, 1 to 4, and uh, apparently heaven appreciated mm -hmm. his offerings. Mm -hmm. no Let's guess. see what it says. All right, and I'm reading from the New King James. It says in the very first verse, it says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Mm -hmm. So the word alms is an old English word. Anyone have another translation? Your prayers and your... Anybody? No, if not, we'll translate it. Alms is, is gifts to the poor, right? We don't use that word very much anymore. But So your gifts for Jesus, let's say, have, uh, have what? What did it say? They've come up. They have come up for, for, the, for the memorial. memorial. They've come up for a memorial before God. God. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God appreciates when we bring offerings. Uh, we're not talking about uh, grudgingly, mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. but generous, yes. cheerful, cheerful offerings 
that bless the lives of others, God appreciates that because it reflects the beauty of His character, doesn't Amen. it? Yeah. Well, Jesus, in one last text, and then I want to give you a chance to share, Jesus gives us a little warning and uh, a promise mm -hmm. in terms of our giving. And I'm going to ask uh, Puya if you'd read to us from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. I, I like that Jesus doesn't just give us a warning, but He gives us a promise. But He's talking about... It uses that same word, uh, Alex, that you read, alms, or, or gifts to the needy. Uh, and let's see what Jesus says in, in Matthew 6, verses 1 to 4. Sure, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. All right, what's the warning? Don't do it publicly. Don't do, don't give to be seen. To be seen. Mm -hmm. Don't give to draw attention to yourself. Don't drop your offering from a great height, right? Yeah. So practically, is it okay to give, give an offering and write your name and address so you can get a tax receipt? Is that okay? And the answer, Jason, is? Yes. Oh, I was hoping you'd say it depends. Uh, well, why would it depend? The Stephanie? Reason, the reason. If I'm example. doing that and saying, yes, I'm, mm. <laughs> Jesus says you have your reward, right? right. Yeah. Yes. Which is the attention of people, people. Mm. right? Mm -hmm. but, but if you're just doing it, because it gives you more freedom to be able to help in other ways? Yes. Right. Absolutely, right? Not to bring attention to yourself. But what was the promise? The warning, don't give to bring attention to yourself. The promise, what was the promise? The that Lord will God. reward you. Do that it. God will reward you. you openly. 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 Yes. openly. Yes. And how might He do that? Anybody? The blessings that He'll rain down in your life. Yeah, Puya, I see you. Rotating your hand, how, how, how might God do that? How might He reward you openly, Puya? Well, ultimately, when Jesus comes again, He will bring rewards with Him. That's but true. more, even beyond that, even in this world, I do believe that God showers upon us blessings in many forms. It can be you know, blessings upon our children, our family, in health, or prosperity in other areas. So there are many ways that God, I think, uh, blesses. All right. Uh, I want to give you a chance to give a testimony. Travis, um, I know God has uh, impressed you to, well, you, you moved away from just running a big business to saying, I want to focus on ministry. That doesn't mean you still don't work, but you may be not working 80 hours a week, but you're focusing more on ministry. How have you seen... God bless you as you've said, I want to give generously and with a cheerful heart. 
Well, Derek, I just will share a testimony. Um, just last year, I had a, a neighbor who's starting a farm, and he was struggling with a bunch of different things, including some uh, he was some drug problems and things like that. And he didn't know how to pour concrete. And of course, in my old construction business, I used to pour concrete. So I let him use my machinery and get it set up. And I went up there with my daughter and my wife, and we poured. Uh, helped to pour the concrete and it was hard and it was tough and we didn't charge him anything and I didn't expect anything in return I actually just wanted to be a witness to this guy right God had given me a talent and I'm still trying to be a witness witness to him and one of my family members said why in the world would you do that you know spend <laughs> all that time and um, I just said well it's you know it's the golden rule right do unto others as you would have do unto you and um, what I didn't know is there was another gentleman who was there that day helping, and I got to meet him. And this year, we have a small tree business and landscaping business. He, he, this guy has given us so much business. I didn't know that he worked for all kinds of people um, overseeing their houses. And like God just, through that connection made by just helping this guy out, I wasn't expecting anything in return. God has just gave us all kinds of work for the small business that my wife and I own, which helps us again, enables again to help share within the ministries that we that we operate. So God was just, I mean, I went to my wife and I told her, I said, look what he's done just through that little um, act of, of kindness that we've shown that, that gentleman. So God really blessed us there. Beautiful testimony. Thanks so much for sharing. Someone else. Uh, a time when you truly felt blessed as you, you gave Puya with a cheerful heart, uh, generous heart, and, uh, and you just saw God bless you in return. Yes, Derek. When I was in college in the Philippines, uh, my family was struggling a bit financially, and God sent someone to help my, pay for my education for my college. Wow. And I appreciate that very much. And I, you know, prayed to God and I gave thanks to God. And I said, God, you know, in the future, I would like to do the same. And unexpectedly, my father got a call to uh, serve him here in the United States. And after my family moved here, I find myself now on the other side of being able to help pay for uh, education from, you know, high school, college and graduate level uh, back in the Philippines or India, in Myanmar, and I have seen the ripple effects of the, the students who have graduated or who have moved on to bless many more other people. And so it's just a joy to see how God can multiply when we give back to Him and help others. Mm, beautiful testimony. Stephanie, I see you smiling. Uh, <laughs> Pui has been part of our team for quite a while. We've, I remember when he first taught, he was 20 years old, teaching in his third language. And, and what does it do for your heart, here he is now serving as a pastor, uh, to hear the way God has touched his heart to, uh, mm -hmm. I guess people talk about giving back, but this is more than obligation. This is offerings for Jesus, right? Amen. What does that do for your heart? It just helps me to see that he's been blessed and he hasn't stopped there to just receive the blessing. He says, I'm gonna make a difference for those who will make differences to so many other people. Mm. So it's this ripple effect. Someone helped him. He's now helping other people who will help other people who will help other people. It's phenomenal. And back to the story of Cornelius, what would we say is happening in heaven? 
Joy. Rejoice. Rejoice. Joy in heaven, right? Yes. Yeah. Someone else, 30-second testimony, how you were blessed as you gave uh, with a cheerful heart. Anyone have a testimony? Well, well, I guess we need to ask you then, our viewers, because right now our team is saying, let me think about that. <laughs> but what about you? And wherever you are watching us for Hope Sabbath School today, can you think of a time when God impressed you to, to, to give with a cheerful heart? Maybe it was a few copper coins, or maybe it was selling a piece of land or a house like Joseph from Cyprus. But as you gave, you were blessed. Maybe you caught a glimpse of the loving heart of God more fully than ever before because God so loved that He gave. We'd love to hear from you, your testimony. You can write to us at sshope at hopetv.org. Yes, share that testimony with us so we can share it with our team. sshope at hopetv.org. Jesus spoke the truth, didn't he, when he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray that God would continue to touch our hearts that while we manage for the master till he comes, we would give with a generous and cheerful heart. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the study today and for the testimonies today and for the reminder to each one of us that as we give generously with a cheerful heart, we reflect the beauty of your heart and your unfailing love. Bless us as we go forward and live what we have learned. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. What a series. God wants us to manage faithfully for the Master until He comes. Not just survive, but thrive. And we can do that one way, by giving with a generous and cheerful heart. Go out now and be a blessing to those around you.